Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Pastor Craig uh, kicked us off last week and so grateful for him. Uh, But I'm going to continue today and I'm going to use actually a unique passage for what the Lord has put in my heart for us today. So with that being said, bear with me. I'm probably not going to end up where you think I'm ending up. So don't tighten up, just loosen up and uh, let's all go on this journey uh, that the Lord has for us this morning together. But Revelation chapter 3 Beginning in verse 15 is the primary text I want to uh, use as a foundational springboard to what I'm confident the Lord has put in my heart today. It says, I know your works. Now these are red letters. This is Jesus speaking as recorded by the Apostle John. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because, here's the key, you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counsel you. Now, this is very interesting because growing up, I always read this with sort of like a rebuke heavy-handed, right? See, we didn't actually hear Jesus say this, so we all interject our view or our image of who Jesus is, how He communicates, and how He speaks. I always saw this as this heavy-handed rebuke. But the text don't put it that way. Jesus defines what's going on here as, I counsel you. I counsel you. I'm not going to make you, but I counsel you To do what? To buy from me. Gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. I want to preach this morning a message titled, Oil Stories, Part 1. And yes, you are correct. I'm going to preach Part 2 in two weeks. Before I do, though, let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're a desperate people. We're desperate as a creation, Lord, that has been affected by sin and darkness. We're desperate for you to move personally and individually in each of our hearts and our minds and our life. So then from that place, you can move in our relationships. You can move in this church. You can move in this community. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to shine the spotlight on Jesus. We ask that you would speak, that you would be the voice behind the voice. And God, what's impossible for me and impossible for us is nothing for you. Do the impossible today. Touch lives. Reveal yourself. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say today that you have need of? It is Christmas season. I want to thank those who, again, served last night. It's the very foundational heart of this church and DP movement as a holistic church that we live the goal life of going to engage people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples of all nations. It's what last night was about. Thank you for those who serve. Thank you for those who serve and has taken time to decorate uh, this stage and and this facility. We're so grateful. It is the Christmas season. And obviously, when you look around in the Christmas season in our culture, the culture of America, you see that it's consumed with giving and receiving. I would say there's no argument to that. 
And so when it, we think about culturally this giving and receiving of gifts, when you think then about gifts for Christmas, what do you say you need this year? What's on your Christmas list? On your wish list? Maybe it's not so much about your Christmas list, but when you think about your life, when you think even beyond Christmas and a Christmas list, and you reflect on 2018 or 19, and you look forward to 2020. When you think about your life, what do you say you need? Did you notice in our text that there was a group of followers of Jesus, a local church, who said something? But what they said was, what did we see? They said, we have need of nothing. Jesus quotes their heart and what they're saying and their perspective of being one of you say I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. Jesus says you say you have need of nothing. So the question that hits my heart today, and in this season and truly in every season, personally but then to us corporately and also to you individually, what do you say you have need of? What do we as Dwelling Place Woodstock say today that we have need of? It's interesting that they were saying, this church here in Laodicea, they were saying that they have need of nothing and yet they were neither cold nor hot, but they were lukewarm. Well, I want to tell you today, they needed something. More accurately, they needed someone. They needed the anointing. See, the anointing of God is essential. When we talk about a series of essential oils and what is essential in our life as followers of Jesus and as a community that's seeking to know Him and make Him known and to follow Him and to follow in His pattern and His footsteps and to be like Him. When we think about essentials, the anointing oil is essential. It's essential. In fact, the anointing is essential to stay hot. Without the anointing of God... We might be lukewarm, we might be cold, but without it I can guarantee we won't be hot. The anointing of God is essential to stay hot for Jesus. The anointing of God is essential to stay on fire for Jesus. It reminds me of the pattern that God showed Moses on the mountain regarding the old covenant temple and worship. In Leviticus 24 and 1, it's recorded what God tells Moses. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. Notice that. The need is oil. The oil is essential because the oil is needed for the lamps to burn. And the oil is not essential just in some seasons, in some days, in some weeks. The oil is essential every day because the command is that the lamps stay burning every day. Therefore, the oil is essential every day. Now listen, this is essentially the equivalent of what we read in our passage in Revelation This is equivalent of staying hot. That for the lamps to burn continually, the oil is essential. To stay hot for Jesus and not be cold or lukewarm, the anointing and the oil of God is essential. To burn continually for Jesus, oil is essential. To burn continually, the anointing oil is essential and to stay hot for Jesus. The anointing oil is essential. When you think about oil in biblical times, oil was significant. In fact, one scholar, Richard Vinson, testifies to this. He says the Israelites used the oil for cooking, for treating wounds, for oiling tools, for lamp fuel, and for ceremonial anointings. 
Notice the, the oil was not just essential for one aspect of life. I want to tell you that the oil of God is not just essential for what's happening in this moment, though it is. It's essential for every aspect of your life. That there's no compartmentalization where we need the oil of God in some moments and not the oil of God in other moments of life. The oil is essential for all of our life. In our home, in our marriage, in our walk, in our work, in our worship, the oil is essential. See, oil was essential to those in biblical times because oil was used for so many important needs in life. Likewise, the anointing from God is essential and the anointing all for God is needed for many important areas of my life and your life and our life. Look back with me at the passage in Revelation. Did you notice in verse 17, Jesus says that this community, these individuals, they were saying something. And He says, because what you're saying, well, what were they saying? They were saying, I am rich, I have become wealthy, And have need of nothing. And he says, but you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. What's interesting is the anointing oil from God is effective and applicable for each of these true spiritual conditions that Jesus says they have. Now in the text, Jesus says regarding their blindness specifically, Anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see. See, Jesus says, look, you're saying one thing. Your perception is one thing. But Jesus is the ultimate seer. He's the ultimate examiner. And he says, your true spiritual condition is you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. See, wretched means you smell. And how is the anointing oil, how is it applicable regarding being wretched, regarding smelling, regarding stench? Well, because oil was used by the perfumer. And perfume masks or removes human odor. You say, how is the oil essential and applicable to being miserable? Because oil was used to soothe, to relax, to help restlessness, and people becoming restful, and for treating ailments. When you look at each of these conditions that Jesus says is their true spiritual condition, you find that oil is applicable for each of the conditions. I want to tell you today that regardless of what your condition is today, there is oil that's available and applicable. Next, he mentions that they were poor. Now listen, oil was an expensive commodity. Now, the older you get and the further back your memory goes, you might still believe that oil is an expensive commodity because you remember what gas used to be. But oil was an expensive commodity. And having oil would remove poverty from one's life, from one's family. In fact, Jesus, when he quotes from Isaiah 61 in Luke 4, 18, after he comes out of the desert, 40 days prayer and fasting, and after his baptism, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the oil of God has come upon him. He says that I am anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. What's he saying? He's saying that the oil is applicable to poverty. In fact, the anointing oil removes poverty. God don't want anybody poor. I assure you, it's the devil who desires to keep people poor. Then he mentions people are blind. They're unable to see. They're in darkness. Well, oil was used in lamps to provide light so that people could see. And then lastly, he mentions being naked. See, listen, oil has been used consistently throughout history in restoring, in protecting, 
in revitalizing the skin of our bodies. It's interesting because when you look at each of these true spiritual conditions Jesus mentions, oil is applicable for what's taking place. Now, just to be perfectly clear, in the text, Jesus, when he speaks about the answers of their true spiritual condition, he doesn't specify the anointing oil for each of the issues that he diagnoses. Yet, if we had time, which we don't, But biblically, we can find taught that even when the oil of God is not specifically mentioned or specifically highlighted, God's oil is still always involved. For instance, when you think about salvation and you hear terms like repentance, change your mind, change your direction, change the preference of your will. When you hear issues and themes like faith, and confessing Jesus as Lord, even though you might not specifically in those themes hear the oil of God mentioned, the oil of God is still involved in all of that. Jesus said people can't come to Him unless the oil of God draws them. Jesus said the oil of God from heaven convicts people of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. The oil of God is involved even when it's not uh, specified or highlighted. You see this also in the pattern of temple worship. For instance, there were things that were to be specifically anointed with oil, but there were also to be many things mixed with oil. Meaning the oil was mixed in, And if you weren't aware, you wouldn't know that the oil was involved because it's mixed in, but the oil nevertheless was there. There were things that were to be sprinkled with oil. There were things that were to contain oil. My point is this, is when God is working, even if His oil is not specifically mentioned, or even if it's not the primary focus, God's oil is still involved. It's still mixed in the process somewhere. Maybe you here as we head into 2020 thinking, how in the world does oil relate to me, an American, and relate to this issue Jesus brings up of being naked? Well, let me break it down to you in 2019 terms. Do you know that many of your clothes that you wear and many of the clothes that you have on have elements of oil in them right now? They're made from oil. Now, not the kind of oil that's our focus today, but nevertheless, they're made from oil. They're made from crude oil. For instance, in America, if we mention oil, predominantly the first kind of oil we think about is crude oil. The oil wells in Texas or Louisiana or California. In fact, in the United States, 25% of the world's oil is consumed here. It's said that the U.S. is the biggest consumer of oil, over 19.5 million barrels a day. Now, that's not a problem because God has made plenty of oil for His creation. In fact, at the end of time, the book of Revelation we're in, you still find oil. We're not going to run out of oil, be be at peace there. But here's my point. This alone is sufficient proof of understanding how wealthy our nation is. Because to have oil is to have wealth. Not just in biblical times, but even in today. And now you can see if you've been around the church, or if you've read end time books, or prophetic books, now it might start to dawn on you, or like a bell being rung, of why so many have sought to draw out the similarities of what Jesus says to the lukewarm church in Laodicea and to us believers and churches today in America. What did he say? He said, well, you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. As a country, we are wealthy. You individually, globally, are rich. Now, you might not be rich compared to other Americans, but globally, we are all wealthy compared to the global norm and standard. 
And so maybe you see why people have drawn out Jesus' counsel to this church that was in Asia years ago in Laodicea and to us today here in America in 2019. We have wealth. We have crude oil. But the question is, are we spiritually wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked? See, the truth is, is all of us, we need oil from God. This church in Laodicea, they were saying, we don't have need. Oftentimes, people who have been overseas are aware of the global movement of Jesus. That's exploding globally. Or you hear stories, oil stories, that Michelle and I can tell you from being church planners overseas. Or maybe you've been on a mission trip and you've seen things overseas that you've not seen in America. Your stories of the power of God. Stories of the oil of God. Stories of the supernatural ability of God. That God truly is the God of the breakthrough. That God truly is, can remove what seems impossible and make it possible. Why is this often? Because so often, because we're wealthy and we have so many opportunities and things around us, we come to the conclusion so many times we have need of nothing. I'm not against creating. Those of you who know me know I'm an entrepreneur spirit. I encourage you to listen to God and believe God if He'd call you to start a business, start a company, create a product. But in all that we have and all that we've created and all the blessings that we get from creativity and businesses and new products, we must never forget as the people of God that we can never say any day, We have need of nothing. Even when in the natural it looks like we have everything. You'd be amazed at things you can buy at Christmas. You'd be amazed at the products that are available. So often I'm trying to think of a a, a new product, an idea from God that would be used to provide more finances for His kingdom. And uh, I'll come up with something and have an idea and I'll be like, oh, that's it. No one's ever thought of it. And I'll tell someone, they'll go research and Google people that's better than that than me. You know, their, their time on Google is like 37 seconds to find the thing. It's like 37 minutes for me to find the link. <laughs> and they'll, they'll come back and say, nope, sorry, it's already been invented. Like, it, let me tell you this, ever since Michelle and I came back from the Philippines, like we're more cold-natured than we were before meaning we're more sensitive to cold than we were before. It's like we get cold so easy. So I was like, you know what? I can't go to work like in my my snow snuggie. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't come in my onesie up here in the pulpit. But to get here, I, I feel like I'm going to freeze. I said, you know, I need some blue jeans, which is my normal work acquire. I need some blue jeans with some lining inside that's warm. So that's the idea. I've never met a man that had lined blue jeans. Faking that they're warm on the outside, but on the inside they know they're not warm. Sure enough, they got them. My, my point is this. With all the products, with all the inventions, with all the creativity, with all that's available around us, we as the people of Jesus can never say on any day, we have need of nothing. The oil of God is essential. It's essential. Now for further clarification, some of you here today, maybe you're a visitor, maybe that's new to being around the community of Jesus and Jesus seekers and Jesus followers. And maybe you're hearing, is all that we need the oil from God? Let me clarify to be clear. We need the oil of God, but it's not only the oil of God that people need. We also need the blood of God. We need blood and oil for the issues we face as humans in this broken world. We need the oil God provides, but we also need the blood that God provides. For instance, oil is not for our sin, transgressions. You see this in the pattern God gave Moses. He makes clear in Leviticus 5.11, he says, No oil can be on or mixed with the sin offerings. 
The oil is not for dealing with our sin and our trespasses and our wrongs. It takes the blood. It takes the blood to effectively take care of our sin and our wrongs and to cleanse and remove our guilt and our shame. It takes the blood. If you need forgiveness today, if you need cleansing from your sin today, you need the blood of Jesus. And even if you have the blood of Jesus cleansing you, and even if Jesus is Lord of your life today, you now as a child of God, you still can't say, I have need of nothing. If you have the blood in your life cleansing you and has cleansed you, you can't say, I have need of nothing. Because as a child of God, you need oil. You need the oil from God. You need the anointing of God. In fact, did you know that the oil could not be applied to the priest and to the instruments in the tabernacle until after, everybody say after, until after the blood was first applied. If you're a sinner today, if you've not been reconciled to your Creator today, if you're still hopeless today and don't know your purpose today, if there's still shame and guilt afflicting you today, if you're a sinner today, you need Jesus. You need His blood. You need His blood that was shed for you willingly and joyfully through His death to cleanse you and to forgive you and to release you from your past and its guilt and to bring you in a right relationship with your Creator who longs and loves to be your Heavenly Father. But if you're a child of God today, you need the oil of God. Who is the oil of God? The Holy Spirit of God. You need the Holy Spirit and you need His ministry in your life today and every day. You need the Holy Spirit's oil. You need the Holy Spirit's anointing. You need the Holy Spirit's oil practically, daily, and experientially. It's blood and oil. It's Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I want to focus in conclusion today on two functions of oil for the pattern of worship revealed in Scripture. There's all kinds of uses and essential functions of the oil of God, the Holy Spirit, but today I want to focus in on two. I don't want to over, overwhelm you with all. I just want to focus in on two. And here's two of them that we see pattern in the Old Covenant in the worship that God revealed to Moses in the Old Covenant and we find in Scripture. They needed oil for the per perfume and they needed oil for the light. And it's the same for you today. It's the same for me today. It's the same for us today. It's the same for this local church of Jesus Christ today. We need oil for the perfume, and we need oil for the light. Let me talk first about oil for the perfume. You remember in our main passage there in Revelation, Jesus, as the true spiritual doctor and spiritual condition evaluator, he looks at that community in Laodicea, followers of Jesus, and he says, listen, you're wretched. You're wretched. There's a smell, a wrong smell. There's a stench. But the oil's applicable to that need, to that issue. Why? Because oil was used to make perfume. And oil was used to make a type of perfume called incense. And just like today, though you might be in the back and might not hit your smell and senses yet, just like this oil that's being demonstrated up here, it's infusing the air with a smell and fragrance. And your neighbor might have some stench, but I want to tell you it's smelling good up here. <laughs> See, oil was mixed in with spices to make incense that was to burn in the temple continually according to the pattern God gave Moses. Why? Listen, this was to ensure that in the temple or in the tabernacle, the smell of humanity wasn't pervasive. God didn't want in the place where He was revealed and made known for the pervasive smell to be humanity. God wanted in the place where He primarily was revealed and made known, He wanted His smell to be pervasive. What's the point? Listen to me. The point is this. We're not called as followers of Jesus to be a people, and we're not called as a local church of Jesus Christ to be a church that our worship smells fleshly. 
our worship and our life for God's not to smell fleshly. It's not just the smell of a human. It's not to smell only of something performed and being done by man's ability. Something that's just being done with man's attitudes. We are called to have oily worship. We are called to be oily people. That the smell of our life is God's perfume. That mask our inability and our weaknesses because we don't preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ who's able to take care of whatever issue we have need of today. As a church, our worship is to have the fragrance of God upon it. As a follower of Jesus, your worship and your life is to have the fragrance of of God on it. Paul said, in fact, that everywhere we go, we're to release a fragrance. A fragrance that other people who are Jesus followers recognize and bear witness to. But it's a fragrance that reminds unbelievers that death is still before them. That their life is like a vapor. That they'll give an account to their Creator It reminds me of what Jesus said in John 4, 23 when he's there at the well with the Samaritan, the heat of the day. And they're having this dialogue about worship. He says, well, the hour is coming. In fact, it's now. And if it's now back then, over 2,000 years ago, it's still now, now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Notice what type of worship the Father is seeking. Not just truthful worship, that's important. But also spirit worship. There in the Greek it's pneuma. It's spirit. And when pneuma is used, oftentimes it doesn't highlight whether it's talking about the human spirit or God's spirit. What it's saying though is, is God wants spiritual worship. He don't want human worship. He don't want worship that's just flowing out of our ability. That smells just like us. He wants worship that smells like God. Well, how do you get worship that smells like God? Only by letting God anoint us. You don't get worship that smells like God without God. Meaning, we have to recognize... That the oil of God is essential if we're going to be the worshipers the Father is seeking. Our life of worship even outside of this facility, outside of the gathering, for it to be the type of worship and offering that God desires, it's got to be spiritual. Not just of our own ability, intellect, and humanity. Which means what? We have need. We can't say because we sing. We can't say because we have a business. We can't say because finances are good. We can't say because things are going well that we have no need. We have need of the oil every day to be a worshiper that the Father seeks. For it to be a spiritual worship with a spiritual fragrance, with a spiritual smell, not just human worship, with a human smell, which is a human stench. See, lukewarm worship is due to not having the oil from God. Lukewarm worship and not having the fragrance of God in our worship and perfume of God in our worship is not having or inviting or yielding to the oil from God. He seeks true worshipers, spirit and truth. How do we burn as a local church continually for Jesus Christ? Because now, do you know what Scripture calls the lamp of Jesus? Local churches. 
You remember in the Old Covenant, the pattern is the lamp has to burn continually. How do we as a church burn continually in our worship for God? We recognize that we always have need for the oil of God to come upon us, be mixed in our life as we worship Him. We can't do it on our own. We don't have to do it on our own. We recognize, invite, and acknowledge and welcome the oil of God, the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. To burn continually for Jesus in our worship, and to have the right smell about our worship, we need the oil from heaven. May we dare never to say, like that church, in Revelation 3, we have need of nothing. We have need of the oil for for the perfume of right worship to take place. See, listen to me. Oily worship removes the wretched stench of our flesh. Flesh in the Bible is one of the ways it speaks of just humans on their own. They say, wait a minute, God created us. Yes, but He didn't create us in the condition we currently are. We, as His creation, rebelled and sinned. It means we missed the mark. We left God's original intent. That's why you see the madness and the suffering and the heartache and the evil on the earth. That's not God doing it. That's the result of us being humans affected by sin. That's our stench. That's our smell. When we do things just depending on our ability without God's involvement. Now listen to me. Worship removes the stench. Our oily worship removes the stench of our self-focus. Our self-loathing. Our self-worship. And our self-importance. See, oftentimes when we come in and, and God's desiring to be worshiped, We know that He values what happens here on Sunday and song and that because He told Martha, who was busy doing a lot, she had a lot going on in her week and her schedule, like Christmas season. And she was upset because Mary wasn't getting pulled into that business but was sitting at the feet of Jesus with oily worship. And He said, that one thing will never be taken from Mary. That Mary who anointed Jesus' feet with oily perfume worship, he said that one act will be told in every nation that the gospel goes. Wow. What's he saying? It's of high value for God to be worshipped as God. But for God to be worshipped as God, we need oily worship. But we can't. Get holy worship on our own. Therefore, we have need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to anoint us and empower us in our worship so that it's holy and it meets the worship that God does. Why? Because, listen, the Holy Spirit will remove in our worship and as we're singing, thinking about ourselves. Do you know why some people, when they come to Jesus or get in part of local church, they can't lift their hands? They can't shut their eyes and begin to sing to the Lord because they still got human worship. What do I mean? Listen, they're focused on themselves. They're focused on what people will think. God wants holy worship where we start think, stop thinking about ourselves and others' opinion and we obey scripturally what God's called us to. He calls us to clap our hands, to kneel at times, to dance, to shout unto Him. Over the years, people tried to tell me, well, you don't understand my personality. Yes, I do. They got profiles for that. Many profiles. And better yet, God understands your personality. And God didn't say, if you're an S personality in the disc profile, then you don't have to clap your hands. You don't have to lift up a shout. But if you're a D and I, dear God, you better clap and clap and clap. No. It's commanded for all. It's holy worship. Why? Because when we clap, we get our eyes off of our self-focus and our self-loathing on God who deserves to be worshipped. And the Holy Spirit, when you invite Him in, He will empower you beyond your natural ability and natural focus to do what seems not to be natural to you. Let me tell you where you get the fragrance 
of worship that God desires. When we, because we let the Holy Spirit help and empower us, do things in worship that don't feel natural to us, the Father says, yes, that's spiritual worship. It's worship dependent and yielded and anointed and mixed with my oil. My oil. question is, is, does it stink? So does what stink? I don't know. Does a circumstance stink in your life? Does a relationship stink in your life? Does an issue stink in your life? Then worship until you get oily and the perfume, God, the perfumer, puts his oil and mixes it into that circumstance and mixes it into your heart. That it overwhelms the current stench of the matter. Worship until you get oily. Invite the Holy Spirit in. So they needed oil for their worship. They needed oil for the perfume. We need oil for the worship the Father's seeking for us individually and as a church. We need oil, the anointing oil, so that the right fragrance and perfume comes out of our worship, the right smell, not of humanity and human ability, but God's ability. Secondly, we need oil for light. You remember in the text, one of the conditions Jesus highlights there in that church was they were blind. They had an inability to see. It was like darkness all around them. Well, oil was used in lamps, and lamps provide light. See, without light, we are equal to being blind. We cannot see. We don't know the next step to take. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to go. Light is needed to see clearly. Light is needed to walk in the truth. Light is needed to understand the text of Scripture correctly. Light is needed. Did you know that wrong understanding of Scripture, wrong teachings, and wrong doctrines are a result of not having oil for the light? Listen, it's a result of the work of the flesh, meaning it's the result of humans alone depending on their own understanding and intellect, preconceived ideas, experiences, to interpret something that God inspired, but without the assistance of God who inspired it. This is why in Galatians 5.20, you get this list of like works of the flesh, like anger, substance abuse. You get this list of like... Evil actions, stealing, murderous threats. And all of a sudden, in Galatians 5.20, in the list, he says, and the works of the flesh are also dissensions and heresies. That's wrong understanding of Scripture. That's wrong teaching. Where do you get that? You get it when humans try to depend on human understanding and intellect and reasoning to understand what takes God's help and God's involvement, and God's intellect in it. So when you talk about that they needed oil for the light, what it means for you and I today is we need the oil of God. We need the Holy Spirit, the great teacher, to get involved in and mixed in and and be with us as we read and encounter Scripture. We need dependency on the Holy Spirit. It's the first thing Paul, the apostle who prayed when people came to faith, is that the oil of God, the Holy Spirit, would open the eyes of their heart. Their eyes, physical eyes, were open. They read Scripture. So did the Pharisees. But Jesus said they're the blind leading the blind. That's why all kinds of harm can happen with people with Scripture. Because it takes the oil for light to actually understand and rightly apply the Scripture we have. See, listen, light is needed to move forward in what God has for you. Light is needed in every season. But it's not any light. It's not the light of your own understanding. It's not the light of your own intellect. It's the light that comes from the oil that God provides. We can't say we have need of nothing. We have need of the oil of God for light and understanding. We need the oil, the ministry of the Holy Spirit 
to rightly arrive at truth and to rightly apply the truth that he's brought us to. I have need of the anointing oil for truth. Jesus, when he said, I'll send the Holy Spirit, he said, it's he that leads you into all truth. Not you, not me that lead us into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit who leads us. We have to allow the oil for light or the light we think we have can be darkness. I had a relative who was young and young and inexperienced in the mechanics of vehicles. And that bothersome little engine light came on and stayed on. And they just continued to ignore the engine light. But the engine light was on because the car was running out of oil. And when the car ran out of oil, my relative was out of a car. Maybe you're saying I'm getting this signal from the panel of my emotions. My responses in life and in this moment is something's going on in the vehicle called my life. But I don't know what's taking place. What do you do? You get oil. You get the Holy Spirit, the oil of God. You invite the Holy Spirit into that area to shine light because the Holy Spirit is for light, light to understand. Why are those signals coming? Why are you experiencing those emotions? What is going on? Ask the Holy Spirit today to get involved and to open your eyes to see and understand things that you're facing. The oil from God brings light and revelation. And we don't just need light and revelation in the valleys. We need it on the mountaintops. We need it in the process. We need the Holy Spirit to give us God's Word and God's light for right where we're at. The season we're in. The season we're going to. See, listen. I know it's beat up. People beat it up at times when people say, I'm looking for a word, and then, you know, other people beat it up. Well, you're looking for a word, open your Bible. And I get what they're saying. You have to start with Scripture. But I know a lot of people who read a lot of Scripture and still do a lot of harm with the Scripture they read and know. you got to open this book, but you have to ask the Holy Spirit. You need the oil for Him to enlighten the text to give you revelation and true understanding and application about what you're facing. Some of you, your need right now is oil for light. You need the Holy Spirit to enlighten you regarding what you're facing, what you're going through. Who is this, in conclusion, as the band comes, who is this oil from God? The Holy Spirit. The third aspect of the nature of the one true and only God. The oil from God is the Holy Spirit. And today, if you have the blood of Jesus applied to your life, you need to ask the oil from heaven, the Holy Spirit, to have His way in your worship and to be your light regarding what you're facing. See, it's the entrance of His Word that brings light. You can't get the Word into this spiritual thing that's called your heart. Some people have tried it. They've tried to eat scripture. They got that prophetic experience. It might have tasted okay going in, but it it didn't feel good coming out. Now what you need is, became bitter in their stomach. What you need, what I need, what we need is we need the oil from God. Give us life. But to do that, we have to be aware and not fall into the trap that the Laodiceans fell in. We cannot say, today or any day, 
as followers of Jesus. I have need of that. I need the oil from heaven today. Because worship, that's just my worship without the oil, is not what the Father's seeking. And I need the oil for light because just reading Scripture without light from the Holy Spirit and understanding and revelation of what I read doesn't help. I need oil for the perfume. I need oil for light. I need oil for my worship. I need oil for my understanding. I need oil as I face decisions on direction and why as I'm going through this and what's happening. I need oil. And so do you. So often, we find ourselves like that church that because things are seemingly okay and at least decent on the outside, we come to the wrong conclusion of saying, I have need of nothing. See, when you know you stink, when you just get saved and you know your life's a wreck, it's so easy to know you have need. Need of the need of the Holy Spirit, need of the empowerment of God. But as the Holy Spirit moves and He begins to make Jesus grow in your life and the promises of God grow in your life, it becomes very, very easy. Now, when life on the outside don't seem overwhelming, to allow us to be convinced, I have need of nothing. No, you have need. I have need of the same thing that we've always need needed as children of God, regardless of season, regardless of circumstance, regardless of state. We need the oil from heaven. We need the precious intimacy fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. So often people get hung up theologically and in camps over, what are you saying? I don't have the Holy Spirit. What I'm saying is is you got to have the intimacy and the dependence and the awareness and the yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you got a billion dollars in the bank. You don't learn how to exchange it or withdraw from it and appropriated just saying I have it means nothing so just saying I have the Holy Spirit you say I don't have the Holy Spirit Pastor Chad talking about that is meaningless what matters is is that do I have a close enough intimacy and awareness and relationship with the Holy Spirit of God where I'm oily say listen we could say as a church today, we have oil. This is your oil. This is my oil. This is our oil. But it does no good. We say, well, we have oil. You don't come up. Learn how to take off the top and apply it to what ails you. To yield to the oil of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.